This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to A Sharper Life. I'm your host, Nikki Sharp, and I am thrilled that you're here with me today. Every Sunday, we do a deep dive into topics that affect your everyday life to help give you clarity, actionable steps, and motivation for the week ahead. We live in a world where everything is available at your fingertips, and yet we have information overload, which can leave you feeling confused on what changes to actually make. And that's why I created this podcast. I'm here to provide knowledge so that you can take back your power. And I just want to say thank you to those of you who have subscribed and left reviews such as this incredible one from Kelly Ann X. I have been listening to A Sharper Life since the first episode came out from the start, and I've become obsessed with Sundays. I enjoy listening to Nikki's podcast episodes because they are so raw and filled with real emotion. She speaks of personal experiences, the good and the bad, and doesn't try to portray herself as this perfect woman with every scenario. I've learned so much from these podcasts and have opened up my eyes to so many things because of it. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much, Kelly. And this one from Cool Healthy You. So five stars, absolutely love Nikki's podcast. The topics are beyond relevant for the modern day living and ultra meaningful. From relationship advice, healthy, balanced, and fun lifestyle to reaching and maintaining optimal well-being. Via the conversations on here, you get to see a side of Nikki in her real light. Each and every episode is deep, raw, and real. A rare find in today's overly filtered media. Highly recommend. Thank you so much for the reviews. And if you are enjoying A Sharper Life, please leave a review so that it helps others to find it and enjoy it. And now on to today's episode. We are talking relationships. When they're good, we feel fulfilled, inspired, and excited. And when they're bad, we turn our frustrations on ourselves and others, oftentimes engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors. And here's the thing. Relationships are part of our everyday lives. We have them with our parents, our siblings, our children, our work colleagues, our exes, our friends, our romantic partners, and even with ourselves. And yet we are not taught how to create nourishing relationships. And we are not taught and explained how to handle them when things go bad, or you might be losing a friend, or you're looking to improve a relationship. And so for today, as you listen, I'd like you to consider these. Do you feel unacknowledged and unappreciated in your current or previous romantic relationship? When do you feel most loved by your partner? So what specific things do they do? And third, how do you show love to your partner in a relationship? And these questions can be answered whether you are in a current romantic partnership or you can think about your previous one. And so today I'm going to be going over the five love languages and explaining a little bit on how I've created a more modern day version of this. And so I would really encourage you to listen until the end because I'm going to be giving you a very, very effective exercise to improve your romantic relationships. Now, why do we learn about relationships and how to manage them, how to make them better? Well, because they're part of our everyday life. And 
if we are not actively learning and growing in a relationship, it's not going to flourish. And I don't know about you, but I like to have good relationships because they make me feel happy inside and they make me feel good. They make me more motivated. And I also know that when I have a crunchy moment with my partner, for example, I don't feel good. I don't, I don't have as much joy in my life. And so today we're really going to be talking about how to improve the romantic relationships in your life. However, you can also take this and apply it to any relationship you have, whether it's a, a child or a friend. These exercises are going to help you no matter what. And I want to also just preface this with saying when I do individual coaching. So one-on-one, I do the Ultimate Transformation Program as a a one-on-one with clients. And every single person that has come to me, and I would even say outside of just the one-on-ones, pretty much any client who's ever come to work with me in a group program or one-on-one, they are not happy with their body. The majority of people want to lose weight or tone up, or they don't feel good, or they're doing self-sabotaging behaviors when it comes to food. And so they're just not as confident as they want to be. And most people think that when you're trying to lose weight, you should focus solely on the food, right? The food, the exercise. And yet, what I have found over and over again, which is why I'm so passionate about this, is that it's actually the relationships in your life that are then a reflection of how your body is and how you treat it. And so if you have a poor relationship with yourself as a starting point, then you're probably not going to be treating your body as well. And if you have a relationship with a loved one that is fulfilling and nourishing and you feel really in love, typically your body is going to be a reflection of that. And so what I started doing with clients was anytime someone would come to me with wanting weight loss or a change in their body, we would actually look at the stress and the relationships in their life and how to manage these and improve them. Because I want you to think about a relationship that lit your soul on fire. How were you in your everyday life? Were you feeling joyful? Did you eat better? Did you have more desire to exercise or dress up or treat yourself well? And when you've had a bad relationship or one that has failed, do you sabotage? Do you eat? Do you, like, if you go through a breakup, do you take the pint of ice cream? Where do you balance that with a healthy, happy relationship and your own self and not feeling good? And so that's why we're going over these because the five love languages truly, I think, are one of the most impactful things that you can learn and they can be applied to everyone. So here's the interesting part. Every single person has a different idea of what love should look like and how it should be expressed. And we tend to speak or show our primary love language. And I'm going to be going over all five of them. But the love languages and the one that you primarily seek in your own life is something that you typically or you you had a lack of in as a child so you either had a lack of physical contact and so you might have that physical touch as your top one or it can be that that was the thing that your parents did to show you love and so that's how you associate love which might be your parents always told you how proud they are of you growing up and so 
that's how you like to feel loved by a partner. And so it goes one of two ways. Either you didn't have it enough or you had it and that's what your model of love became. Now, love languages provides a way for you to self-reflect on your own wants and needs and then talk about it with your partner in a healthy way. And what is really important here is when you start to talk about the love languages and you take the test, it is really important that you show your partner appreciation for the things they are doing, even if they're not the things that you necessarily want. And so that's where the exercise at the end of the episode is going to come into play. But I want you to remember that your partner or let's say an ex probably had a different primary love language from you. And so they are expressing the way that they like to be loved. And that's where the balance and the dynamic of creating healthy, fulfilling, soul-nourishing relationships comes into play because you first have to know about yourself and you have to be able to fill your own cup without having expectation. But to create a beautiful relationship, there needs to be open communication on your wants and desires. And so with that, the five love languages can be taken the quiz at fivelovelanguages.com. And it was created by Gary Chapman. Now, I am a big believer of doing this test once a year because you will find that in different circumstances in your life, your love languages might shift. And what's cool is it gives you a breakdown of the percentages of where you are. So I always tell clients to focus on your top two, but in the exercise a little bit later, we're going to be going over all of them. So what are the five love languages? Well, there's words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, physical touch, and acts of service. And when you think about those, immediately you might be able to recognize what you tend to like and what you tend to give. But I'm going to break it down a little bit more. And I'm also going to explain some, I guess, examples that I have created on my own that have really, really helped clients. So we have words of affirmation. This is acknowledgement of affection. It's not just saying the, I love you. It's actually more important. So words of affirmation is one of my, my top ones. And those who have words of affirmation is one of their top. It's not just about the words. It's the why behind them. So if my partner says, I love you, I think, wow, great. But why? What made you think that in this moment? So those who have words of affirmation really want to understand what's going on in your head and hear it as a specific compliment or an affirmation based on, and this is the important thing, typically something that they don't feel as confident in. So if you go up to someone and you say, wow, you are just killing it in business. Well done. And that person knows that they are the bee's knees in business. But let's say they don't feel as confident with their body. The word of affirmation sort of compliment that you could give is based on something that they have done done in terms of their body. So, wow, I really see how hard you've been working in terms of your exercising. And I just want to say, I see it and I appreciate it because you're putting your health first, right? That would make that person feel really good. So words of affirmation is compliments. It's words of appreciation, verbal encouragement. And here's the interesting thing. It's frequent digital communication, like texting or messaging on social media. 
And so it's making that person feel seen by the different ways that you communicate. Now, here's what's going to be really interesting. We all have different ways we like to be told compliments. Some people want to say, wow, you look beautiful. And some people are going to want the, oh, well, what made you say that? Is it my eyes, the makeup I did, or is it the clothes I wear? So that's where getting clear on what fills your love tank on that. So next is quality time. And quality time is actively spending time together. It's active listening, eye contact, full presence. And these are the hallmark for a good relationship. It's giving your undivided attention to your partner without the distraction of TV, phone, social media technology, or any sort of outside interference. And it is the strong desire to actively spend time with your significant other. Now, here's the interesting part for quality time. Every person is going to have a different thing that once again fills their cup. So for me, I love spending quality time with my partner sitting on the couch and we send funny memes to each other. And I have no problem if we're both on our phones, just as long as we're there and we can laugh about something or maybe we have a hand touching one another. So we have a little bit of a mix of quality time and also touch. But for me, the the full presence of being there, it's just you two, that's less important than some clients I have say, my partner's phone to be fully put away. I don't want to have any distractions. That's what really makes me feel seen and loved. So getting clear on what quality time means to you. Next, we have receiving gifts. And a lot of people think that receiving gifts is you know, these big, grandiose gestures. And it's quite the opposite. It is visual symbols of love. And it's not necessarily about the monetary value, rather it's the meaning behind the item. So you value the gift-giving process and it's the careful reflection of what you would like. So your partner thinks about, oh my goodness, well, I know, like I'll give me as an example, I love delicate, dainty jewelry. And so if my husband goes to a store, sees a delicate little you know, dainty piece of jewelry, it's a deliberate choosing of the object to represent the relationship. And it, it makes me feel seen and understood. And it's also the emotional benefits behind the present. So I want you to think about when it comes to gifts, what sort of gifts do you like to receive? And here's the interesting thing about this one. A lot of people actually have a negative reaction to receiving gifts. So quite a few clients of mine that I've worked with say, in theory, they want gifts. But then when they think about what it is that they actually like, they're like, well, I don't want my partner to spend money. That makes me feel uncomfortable. And well, I would love for him to or her to go buy you know, this big thing, but we really can't afford it. And a lot of people also like to give gifts, but then either don't have the money. And so for me growing up, I didn't have a lot of money. So I got really creative with gift giving. Now, because of that, I actually value a more sentimental thought out gift, like a handwritten card. And and I'll give another example here, but a handwritten card means more to me than just going out and buying any piece of jewelry. So getting clear on what your beliefs are around gifts, giving them and receiving them, and also what sort of things you would actually like. So A gift can be anything from 
someone paying for your dinner or buying you flowers. And I know for myself, I really love to receive flowers, but I really, really, really love to receive them randomly. So Valentine's Day is great, but I love when my partner will just randomly, if I'm doing well in business or I'm scared in business, it doesn't really matter. I will then receive a shipment that's delivered to our house and it always comes with a thought out note from him. And this makes me feel so seen and appreciated and it really lights my soul on fire. And for me, the gift giving process is I love to create really creative things. So books and photos and descriptions of things that we've done. Not everyone likes that. But because I do that and because I like it, sometimes I can get disappointed if I don't receive that in return. And so my partner has very much learned that when he gives me a card, he will go find like three different cards and he will underline sentences, cross them out, rewrite things. And it's such a value for me because I can see the time that he spent on it. So thinking about what sort of gifts light you up, which ones don't, and what your beliefs are. Next is acts of service. And this is when your partner goes out of their way to make your life easier. It's bringing you a soup when you're sick or making you coffee and bringing it to you in the morning. It might be picking up your dry cleaning when you've had a busy day at work or you're running low on toilet paper or toothpaste. And so they order it online for you to be delivered. And this love language is for people that believe that actions speak louder than words. And what I have found is quite often men have acts of service and quality time or touch as their top two. And women tend to have either touch or words of affirmation. And because of this, there can be a disconnect where a man might, like I I know in the beginning, my partner would bring me a matcha every day or lemon water. And he really made an effort to take the trash out when it got full. And while those things were amazing, and I so appreciated them, and I let him know that thank you so much, he never felt like he was getting the appreciation that he wanted. And that's because those were not the love languages that really made my love tank increase. And so we've learned a beautiful balance of appreciating and sharing that acknowledgement for the things the partner does do. And we've also gone through the exercise that I'm going to have you do based on what are the meaningful things that matter to me. And so I want you to think about what are the acts of service that you might do for a partner? And it might be taking out the trash. It might be booking a reservation somewhere. And I'm going to give a few more examples as we go along, but what are what are your beliefs about acts of service? Do you expect them? Or is that something that you really want someone to do? And so what? And the last one is physical touch. And this is where you feel loved by receiving physical signs of affection, like hand-holding or kissing, cuddling, having sex. And typically for this one, the roots go back to childhood where some people only felt a deep connection and love by their parents when they were held or kissed or cuddled. And so what are your beliefs about physical touch and how do you like to be touched? So for this one, I know that, and my partner and I actually 
yesterday had this conversation. We were going for a walk in the morning and we were holding hands. And I put his hand, I grabbed it and I, I squeezed it a little bit more, like grab my hand tighter. And we had a conversation about it where I said, do you actually like holding my hand? Because it felt like he didn't like doing it. He was just kind of touching it. And he said, for me, it's less about kind of squeezing your hand. I just like to feel you, feel your skin. Whereas for me, I like to really feel his hand in mine. It makes me feel safe and protected and, and like we're one. And so having that conversation about what does physical touch mean for you? And I love it when my partner comes up and gives me a big bear hug and a squeeze and a, plants a big kiss on my forehead. And I don't like it as much if he gives me just these really soft, gentle kisses. I just don't like them as much. They don't, they don't fill my love tank. And so it's very important for you to learn what are the different parts of physical touch that you like or you don't like as much, and what about your partner? And so with these different ones, I wanted to read off something very interesting. If you just Google five love languages, there are so many different things that come up. But I want to read this little kind of cheat sheet. And if I were you, I would highly, highly recommend taking little jots of notes on here, especially for your top love language. And you can typically you'll know which one is yours based on what I just went over. And I also recommend taking the test. So words of affirmation, how do you communicate this words of affirmation? You encourage, affirm, appreciate, empathize, and you listen actively. And that's a really important one for words of affirmation, listening actively. And what are the actions to take? So you send an unexpected note or a text or write a card and you encourage genuinely and often. And so I have told my partner that I love receiving little sticky notes and I love it when he just leaves them randomly, like on my laptop or he'll put it in my journal and they just see really sweet, cute things. Like we have a, a nicknames for each other and he calls me kitten and he says, kitten, I love you so much and I am so proud of everything that you're doing. Go get him, tiger or something, you know, cheesy, cute like that. And it makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. And there are times that I have to remind him how much I appreciate these. And so we're going to come back to that because oftentimes women and men will get mad at their partners when they don't do the love language they want, but there's a specific way on how to actually get it. So for words of affirmation, here are things to avoid. Non-constructive criticism. So just sharing your thoughts that are sort of you-based. It's instead of active listening and nonviolent communication, it's saying, you did this, insinuating that it's the other person's fault and kind of projecting your own stuff. And it's not recognizing or appreciating effort in that person. So physical touch. How to communicate this is nonverbal, using body language and touch to emphasize your love. And the actions to take for this are a hug, a kiss, holding hands, and maintaining intimacy as a priority. So this might be at night, you always touch each other's feet. Like my partner and I do that. We don't like to cuddle the whole night, but we always like to touch feet. That's very important for us. Even if we've had a crunchy moment, that's a, we have kind of established that the feet touching is the, the intermediary between, we might not need to figure this out right now, but at least we still love each other. Now, things to avoid when it comes to physical touch is neglecting it, 
and long stints without it. And this definitely includes sex. Like I know a lot of partners withhold sex when they're not feeling good or they feel like their love languages are not being met and receiving affection coldly. So if your partner touches you and you shun away or you close up, that's not going to help in in this sort of uh, love language to make you feel good. Now, receiving gifts. This is all about the thoughtfulness and making your spouse or your partner a priority. And it speaks purposefully. Now, the actions to take here are give thoughtful gifts and gestures. So small things matter in a big way. And express gratitude when you receive a gift. Now, things to avoid for this love language is forgetting special occasions and unenthusiastic gift giving. Those are things to avoid definitely for receiving gifts. Quality time. It's uninterrupted and focused conversations. And it's one-on-one time being critical for your own happiness and love tank to be filled. Now, actions to take for this. Create special moments together. Take walks and do things with your partner. And weekend getaways are huge. So something that my partner and I love doing are staycations where we'll book a hotel in Miami or we're doing it as well while we're here in London. And it's just us time. And we get to go to dinner and we get to be in a lush bed or get a massage or go to the pool or the beach. And it's just for one night, but it's quality time that makes us feel very connected. Now, things to avoid for quality time is distractions when spending time together. And this is why I think it's really important though to specifically know what bothers you and what's okay. Because as I mentioned for myself and in our relationship, we're actually okay when the other one is on the phone. We just like being around each other. So getting clear on that and long stints without one-on-one time together. And maybe it's a FaceTime. Like I remember my ex used to get very upset with me because we did a lot of long distance and we would do FaceTimes when I was getting ready and I'd be curling my hair and he would get really unhappy because quality time was a priority for him. And so us connecting via the camera was meaningful, but I didn't have the same understanding of that at the time. So the last one, acts of service is use action phrases like, I'll help. They want to know that you're with them, partnered with them, and there to make them feel a stress relief. And actions to take is do chores together or make them breakfast, cook dinner, Go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload. This might be picking up groceries or just offering to do the dishes after dinner. And things to avoid for this one is making the requests of others a higher priority. So taking out the trash, making it too big of a priority, for example, or doing the dishes. Instead of appreciating, you now have an expectation. And lacking follow through on big tasks and small tasks. So if you say you're going to take out the trash, well, you got to take out the trash. So with that, the exercise that I would like you to do is you're going to take out a paper. And it's really important that you do this on a paper with a pen and or a pencil. And you're going to draw five columns or five boxes for the different love languages. So again, we have quality time, acts of service, receiving gifts, physical touch, and words of affirmation. I do recommend that you take the test to find out what your top two are. If you're in a partnership, I also recommend having your partner do this on their own. Now, what you're going to do is write down 
what are the things that your partner currently does? And I love doing this. So my partner and I do this once a year. We actually sit down over dinner with a glass of wine and we start with our top love languages. And you're going to write down what are the specific things that they do that make your soul light on fire? So I'm going to give you some examples here. For me, my top one is words of affirmation. I love it when my partner compliments me on business. And especially if I'm feeling low in business or a lack of confidence, if he writes me a little sticky note, it makes me feel so loved and seen. So I would write that down in my box as a bullet point. Sticky notes with, you know, written words of affirmation or you know, written sentence saying I sweet things. He knows that it's always the why behind things. So if he says, I love you, so that goes down in my box. I love you because. So I love it when he does that. And I, I give him affirmation saying, I love that. I appreciate that. You're doing well. And then I might say something like, when you give me cards, I love when you give me cards and you really take the time to write a note in there. Now, we also, and I've mentioned this before on different podcast episodes, but we have a few different chats. We have one specifically that is the gratitude chat. And we go in and out of doing it daily, but we will write you know, the date and then what we are grateful for in the other person or in our lives based on our joint experience. And so after the wedding, we did a lot of this where for about a month, we said, you know, today's date, whatever it is, wedding gratitude. And then a dash and I'd say, I'm so grateful the way that you showed up with my friends and family, getting to know them X, Y, Z, right? So that's another way, an example of a words of affirmation, having a specific chat that you only put your gratitude in. Now, then you would go to your partner and your partner would say, okay, based on my top love language, which might be quality time, here are the things that when we do them together or when you do them for me, I feel so loved. And the examples might be something like, I love when we sit and watch a movie together with your legs draped over me and we stop the movie and we pause and we talk about it. Or another example might be, you know, quality time. I love it when we go to dinner and no phones are there and the way that you just gaze at me and you listen to me. So you want to get really specific on what your partner is doing. And if you're not in a relationship, that's okay. You would write these things down for what have you enjoyed in the past and what would light your soul on fire if someone did that for you. And then you're going to keep going through the different boxes and the five love languages. Why this is so incredibly impactful and why it's kind of my personal modern day version of the love languages is because you are showing the other person appreciation and acknowledgement for what they do. And if you don't have a partner, then I recommend doing this and sharing it with them when you do. And it also allows you to get really clear on what are the things that make me feel loved. And for your partner, what are the things that make your partner feel loved that you do? Because oftentimes what happens in a relationship and going back to the questions that I wanted you to consider is when do you feel underappreciated and unacknowledged? When have you felt that? Oftentimes in relationships, the reason that we feel that is because our partner doesn't know our love languages or we don't even know them. And we don't know the specifics on what makes us feel loved. So 
when you go through this, you're going to have the five different boxes. And with your partner, you're going to really prioritize the top two of your love languages because those are the ones that make you feel the most appreciated and seen and loved. And I want you to commit to doing one of these for your partner for one week. Every single day, you do one simple thing for them based on their top love language. If you're single, here's where it gets even more fun. You're going to do the thing that you wish your partner would do for yourself. And that is where you start to learn the art of loving yourself, of dating yourself. And it's such an important concept. It is the exact thing that I did in order to meet my husband and to be in the best place possible. I dated myself. I learned what I like, what I don't like. And I would start to do things like I'd light candles all over my house and I'd put romantic jazz music and I had all these bougie lights and candles and smells and then diffusers. And I would buy myself flowers once a week. And I had a massage, a masseuse, an amazing woman come in. And I had all these like a light thing that did stars on my ceiling. And as I mentioned, like incense. And so I was giving myself all of the different love languages kind of within one, because in the morning I would take my journal and I write my gratitude list. And then I would always end it with an appreciation of self. Nikki, you are amazing. You are doing so well. And I'm so proud of everything you've come through. It's been a joy to watch you. And it might feel funny the first time you write these, but you're starting to write the things that you want to hear from someone else. And if you are in a partnership, I still recommend doing this because it's when you fill your own love tank, that is where you can really come from a place of giving and truly give love to others because we can't love someone else if we don't love ourselves. And so with my example, you know, getting the masseuse to come in, well, I'm giving myself a gift. And I'm also giving myself quality time to just be with myself. And I'm giving myself touch, right? She's massaging me. And it's a it's a, a gift. And then we talk and there's words of affirmation in my journal sessions. And I would take myself out for dinner once a week and I would get really dressed up to a nice place. And so you can fill your own love tank and you can start filling your partner's love tank by learning what floats their boat, what fills their love tank and their cup and for yourself as well. And so I would love to know when you do this exercise and you take the test, what did you learn? And from this episode, what did you learn about yourself, about your partner, about an ex and an ex relationship? And what are you going to do differently going forward? Because relationships can fulfill us, nourish us, They give us love. They make us feel good, joyful and light and excited. And if we're not getting our love tank filled, both from ourselves and our partner, we can start feeling depressed and unfulfilled and hopeless. And so this is a really key thing. And I highly, highly recommend you actually doing this exercise. But I'd love your feedback. So send me a message on Instagram at Nikki Sharp and If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review so that other people know where to find it, what it's about. And if you enjoyed it and think that someone else could benefit from it, please share it because at the end of the day, sharing is caring. And until next week, here's to a sharper life. 